All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. After four o'clock, how are you? Welcome back to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation, uh, YouTube and Facebook watching. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hope you have yourselves a, a wonderful day. Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We got lots and lots of texts when everybody's like, Vegas is cheating. Well, so uh, just to clarify, Mark Stone uh, has a lacerated spleen, according to uh, Frank Saravalli. Uh, medical people that I've spoke to during the uh, commercial break say uh, to, to play a contact sport with a lacerated spleen, you're probably thinking at best two and a half months. They think three, and it could be up to six, depending on the individual. The NHL playoffs begin 58 days from today, which is less than two months. So keep in mind, if Stone is ready for game one of the playoffs, then you are 100% correct that that's what I would deem as as cap circumvention. Uh, I don't doubt that he's injured. He's injured. It's it's To me, it's circumvention, not putting him on LTIR, It's delaying taking him off of LTIR. That's the circumvention. Putting the player on isn't the circumvention. Because no player is agreeing to say, oh, I'm going to sit out now two months, but I'm fully healthy. He's not fully healthy. He's got a lacerated spleen. So uh, that's how it works with them. Um, It's something to watch for sure. Jack Eichel, I know they just switched it and people are all freaking out. Well, him and Theodore just switched. Theodore was on LTIR. Jack Eichel hasn't played in a month. The orders did it with Dylan Holloway earlier this year. You didn't freak out and say, oh, caps are convention. Well, he doesn't make 10 mil for sure. But Jack Eichel is uh, scheduled to return here um, later this month uh, into March. So uh, th- there's no benefit then once you bring him back on. You're like, you don't gain anything. 
uh, in a cap. So it's really going to be around Stone. And uh, if or not, he can uh, be ready to play. And I'll say this. If Stone misses the first series of the playoffs, I don't care if he comes back in the second round. That's the whole point of LTIR. Right? And and again, last year, because some people have said there should just be a salary cap in the playoffs for your game day roster has to be cap compliant, which is fair. Well, guess what? I know you don't like to hear it, but Vegas's playoff game day rosters were cap compliant under the regular season salary cap because there is no cap in the playoffs. But if you want to just add the numbers of the guys who played, guess what? They were actually cap compliant. So uh, Vegas didn't really screw the system as much as people uh, as people want to say. Now, it did benefit them, yes. If Mark Stone could have come back a, a week earlier, right? By, by not delaying it, yes, there's no doubt that it helped them. But I'm talking it didn't, wasn't the reason they won in the playoffs because uh, their playoff roster was actually uh, cap compliant. It's crazy to say, but it uh, it is true. 833-401-1440 in our E, well, inbox. Hey, Gregor. Shouldn't the orders be looking at a 1B goalie? Some of the can split duties with Skinner more than just a backup uh, Mark in St. Albert who recommends Markstrom. Well, first of all, I don't see how the Oilers can afford Jacob Markstrom and have Jack Campbell. I don't, I don't, I don't see any way the money works. And I don't see any way that Calgary is going to trade Jacob Markstrom and take back Jack Campbell. I, I guess anything's possible, but I'd be surprised. Uh, Markstrom has had a really good year. I don't even know if he'd be a 1B. He's a guy that might come in and, and be your starter, to be honest. So, um, you know, after that, like I know there's people that it died down. We'll ask Kevin Woodley about it because he's coming up uh, this hour. But, um, you know, they're Mark Andre Fleury. But with every passing day, it's going to seem less and less likely that uh, that he gets moved. Uh, a Minnesota doesn't want to move him or not sure if he even wants to move. But uh, that's seemingly uh, less likely by the day. So you take him off. Um, you know, I know some people are like Jake Allen, Jake Allen. I'm like, what? Why is everybody so in love with Jake Allen this year? Just look at his numbers. They're not that good. And I, I get that Montreal's not great, but the guy who plays more games in Montreal has way better numbers than him, right? Elvis Merz-Leakins. His numbers aren't great. Decent goalie. Makes a lot. Would he be the answer? That's a pretty big wild card, man. And to me, that's a wild card. I, I do think that uh, Stuart Skinner, he's got to get... I, and by the way, fatigue, I don't buy it. I know some people have texted in about fatigue. Stuart Skinner has played, what, six games, seven games in 25 days? How's he tired? There's no reason for him to be fatigued right now. None. So I, I don't buy the, that he's fatigued. Sometimes You know what? Something's out of sorts. But I don't think it's fatigue. At least not for me. Uh, there's really no reason why he should uh, he should be fatigued. Guys, why are we even talking about goalies? Pickard's been excellent. Uh, Justin of uh, Balgoni. Uh, well, excellent might be a little bit of a stretch. He's been he's done what you want for a backup. I think it's more so that Stuart Skinner out of the All Star break has what an eight eighty save percentage. I think that's probably the bigger concern than uh, um, Pickard at this point. Hey guys, uh, what about playing Pickard more to give Stu a break? 
and show the appearance at the positions of competition. Ricky and the Donut. Uh, competition fair. I'll say this about... Um, I looked at how they've used Pickard so far. I kind of expected this. Now, I thought it would be Arizona-Dallas switched as far as which goalie started, but either way, they were going to get it. You know, they're going to split those starts, and they did. They're going to split this weekend. Um, makes sense to me to go with Skinner on Saturday. It's Calgary, and so you go Pickard. If they split next Monday and Wednesday, which I'm not sure would have been the original plan, then I think you can say, hey, they are, uh, they're sending a subtle little message here today, Stu. You got to play a little bit better. And Pickard, you're playing well, so you get another extra start. And which isn't, wouldn't be a bad thing. I'll tell you that right now, right? Cause the orders play Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday next week. So Pickard's going to play at least once, right? In the back to back in Seattle and Pittsburgh. If he plays twice, he plays twice. Not the end of the world, especially when Stuart Skinner isn't lighting it up. Now, some guys will tell you that they like to play more frequent, but others will say, and Kevin Woodley's talked about this, that for goalies, sometimes less is more. And a few extra days of practice will allow him to um, to get better. Hey, Gregor, Skinner's dip and save percentage just coincided with the, uh, with the orders forgetting how to play defense from Mark. Well, see, Mark, I think the term forgetting to play defense is being over-exaggerated here. It's their penalty kill that is leaking, not their five-on-five. The orders are almost averaging a goal a game more five on five during this stretch since the all-star break. It's penalty kill. They've allowed 11 goals on the penalty kill in 36 minutes. And they didn't even allow one against Vegas. So it's seven games. So it's actually be, it would actually be 32 minutes, which is even worse. Skinner's part of the penalty kill. It's it's a combination of everything. Goalie's not making a big save. Defense, but not getting the shooting lanes. Forwards, not getting their stick in the right lane. They're in the high lane, not the low lane for the defenseman. Same as a forward sometimes. So, uh, to me, that's a problem. I do think that uh, any goaltender will tell you their job's a little easier if, if they're in a better environment. No question. But I, I can't just give Stuart Skinner a free pass. Like that Brad Marchand goal last night, Stewart's going to be the first guy to stand up and tell you that I got to make that save all day long. Right? I, I didn't have, some people thought the McAvoy was bad. Some people actually thought the Pasternak fifth goal was a bad goal. And I'm just like, what? You're having one of the top five shooters in the game get time to skate into the inner slot and rip it. And you think that's a bad goal? Come on now. You've, you're, you're exposing yourself to not, ever playing goal if you think that's a bad goal. That's not a bad goal. I'm sorry. Um, the Marshawn one for sure was bad. The first one even maybe, although it looked like it got deflected. First one maybe could make the argument for, but definitely the Marshawn goal. Let's get to the uh, ski report. Then we'll get to uh, Kevin Woodley. The ski report brought to you by Snow Valley. Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Thursday, February 22nd, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Mid-ski season is upon us, and the mountains are calling. Out at Jasper, Marmot Basin has all areas of the resort open and it received six centimeters of fresh snow in the last two days. Down in Banff, Lake Louise has had three centimeters fresh in the last 48 hours. Sunshine Village and Northway, four centimeters each in the last week. Further south at Castle Mountain, four centimeters in the last two days, while Nakiska has had 15 centimeters over the past week. 
Taking Horse and Revelstoker looking good with 15 centimeters in two days at both resorts. Fernie with 13 in the last two days. Kimberly and Panorama each with two centimeters in the last 48 hours. All local hills are open and in great shape. This Sunday at Sunridge Ski Area on the city's east side, the final leg of the Triple Down Terrain Park Series is taking place. Looking at the forecast, they might be dealing with some snow during the event, but likely won't mind as all the local hills would like some snow, more so to remind people we are still in winter than to improve conditions. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Hey guys, uh, what's the order stat on block shots? It seems like uh, we're beating this department every game. Uh, have we raided and we've remained relatively healthy? Uh, King of Fort Nasty. Well, I'd have to look to see how many uh, block shots the uh, the orders have had uh, as a team and and how many of have, uh, uh, have teams blocked against. And that would take a uh, quite a bit of looking. Um, the orders shoot the puck. The orders have the puck more than the other teams, so that's maybe why the opposition block shots more. But um, the orders the orders were limiting. Uh, the orders didn't give up a lot of shots for a long stretch. So obviously they must have blocked some or they just weren't giving up many. So, um, if the other team blocks more shots, that doesn't necessarily mean that, Oh, that's a, you know, it's a great thing. Might mean that uh, they're giving up too much possession time potentially. Right. Now some block shots are very, it's a skill and it can really help your team. But if you're firing 80 shots and the opposition's firing 40, and uh, the opposition has more block shots. I don't necessarily mean that that means they're better in that department. They just have more opportunities to do it, for sure. Uh, when we come back, Kevin Woodley will join us. Uh, we will talk goaltending. Has he, has he seen anything in Skinner's game lately? What is uh, what is not working for uh, Stu Skinner? And I, I don't believe fatigue's a factor when you, um, for a variety of people, say, oh, you know, he has young kids at home. Nothing irks me more than the, trying to blame young family when somebody plays poorly. Oh, FYI, the orders were on the road for six of eight games. Okay. So that excuse doesn't even carry water. And even when you're home, I, I, I'm sorry, but NHL players, like their wives are saints, right? Trust me, guys talk about it. You know, game, they're sleeping downstairs and I'm getting woken up by the kids. It's, you know, your lifestyle and maybe what's the reality for most of us isn't the reality for a lot of the professional athletes when it comes to that. So I don't, uh, and plus he's been playing great for three months. The kids, um, nine months old or 10 months old, are they suddenly more of a hassle for you? Probably not. And I would never blame, uh, having a young child is all of a sudden, Oh, five games, not playing bad. Just admit the player's not playing bad. We're not to try to make up anything else. Skinner's game isn't where he wants it to be. Full stop. No excuses. Full stop. When his game was on, we said he was playing great. Now he's not. He can play better. We'll find out why from Kevin Woodley next. From some technical stuff on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 426. Welcome back. Jason Gregor. Connor Halley with you. Sports. 1440. Time now for Around the NHL brought to you by McDonald's. And oh my goodness, you want to have like, there's something about nostalgia. So that the McRib is back, but also the Shamrock Shake. Are you kidding me? A combination of the Shamrock Shake and the McRib right now for a limited time? Only a McDonald's. Oh. Now the shamrock shake. Now your first of all, it's the greatest color of all time. Green. Love it. So that in itself means I'll be uh, stopping in to get one. 
So good at McDonald's. Kevin Woodley from uh, In Goal Magazine and NHL.com joins us. Woodley, how you doing? Kev, are you there? Oh, no. Well, he's obviously muted, Connor. We're going to start finding you guys for not doing a test with our guests to make sure that they uh, can hear us and everything is uh, good to go. So, uh, yeah. It's a fail. It's a fail. What are you guys, the orders penalty kill over there today? Brutal. So, see if Woodley's ready again. Tell me when he's ready. And uh, away we go. But... Uh, the uh, the orders, of course, uh, if you missed it, Calvin Pickard uh, will get the start. I think he was going to get the start even if the orders had won that game last night. And uh, I, I think they were going to split anyway. And I think it was uh, Pickard's turn to go. I'll be interested, though, if next Monday, Wednesday are split again. If that's the case, then there'll be a little bit of sign that, hey, Skinner, we need you to play a little bit better. I don't, I don't put much stock into uh, Pickard playing tomorrow but if uh pickard is going to play one of the la or st louis games next monday wednesday then um then that could be uh, a sign that hey maybe they want a little bit more because you know skinner like the team had a great run but since returning from the all-star break the penalty kill awful and uh save percentage goaltender now maybe that's you know it's a I think they rely on one another, no question. But they're going to need uh, they're going to need better penalty killing, and they're going to need better goaltending, flat out from Stuart Skinner. Like the Brad Marchand goal, that's not bad defense, right? I know that to, to use Kevin's word, the environment that's in front of you that impacts the goalie's game. But it, you can't say, well, our goalie only is going to be good when we have a safe environment. Well, that's to me, that's ridiculous. Don't tell me then that they're the most important position if they're totally reliant on how everybody in front of them plays. Right? So that'll be the, uh, that'll be the, uh, the challenge for that. But hey guys, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, Scott Mayfield? Would he be an upgrade over Cody CC? Um, I don't think Scott Mayfield. <sighs> I don't mind him, but I, I don't I don't know if that would be in order to make the trade, you gotta convince him to take CC, then I guess you're just doing a straight hockey trade. Like I don't think Edmonton's giving up more um to to make that deal. Right? I'd be uh, I'd be surprised. Like why would you do that? Right? Like I I don't think Cody CC's as bad as everybody says. Um if you if you want to get an upgrade, I'm I'm all for it. But I don't view Scott Mayfield, and like I definitely didn't uh, view even William Carrier. I know I see some people that are really pushing William Carrier. I and this is just me. And when I when I look at the history of the game, especially lately, five eleven defensemen in your top four who aren't elite of elite, which he isn't, rarely have success. So if I'm Edmonton and I'm going into a playoff where I think I'm a legit contender. I might put in a carrier and say, this is the guy that I'm going to rely on to play a lot of heavy minutes. Me personally, I wouldn't do it. Some, uh, some people might, but uh, I sure wouldn't. Sure. And now uh, we have Kevin Woodley with us. Uh, 
Kevin, uh, the the orders, you know, Stuart Skinner's numbers since the uh, All Star break not great. Uh, their penalty kill numbers are awful. Um, what what have you seen? Like the Brad Marchand goal last night is definitely one he wants back. There's no question about it, right? Um, what what are you seeing maybe technically right now that is that is n- that is lacking or not as sharp in Skinner's game that was for the few months prior? Well, I don't know that I'm seeing anything. Like a, a lot of the stuff looks the same. There's times on, you know, I think of the Pasternak goal even where, and we've talked about this before, like he's never going to be an aggressive goaltender depth-wise. That's not his game. But as some of the uncertainty has piled up around him, and certainly since the All-Star break, when I look at their games, like three of their past six games, they've flirted with statistically the Oilers of, you know, Woodcroft at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Not quite that bad off the rush, but we're talking like against Detroit, 12 high danger chances and an expected goals of four and a half. The Blues, 10 and 4.79 expected goals. Last night against Boston was 13 high danger scoring chances and five goals. That doesn't mean, that doesn't excuse goals you want to stop, but what can happen is that environment worsens, and you're right, I'm going to talk about environment, but as it worsens, as it becomes less predictable, What's the easy answer as a goaltender? Well, I I don't really know where this is going. I'm seeing too many options. We're not playing as tight, so I'm going to back up a little bit. And that leaves you a little bit more vulnerable. We've talked again about in the past, like if you, the way Stuart Skinner plays, you need to protect the middle of the ice. Because when you play a little bit deeper, if you give up the middle of the ice, that's where a goalie is most exposed on open looks um, is, is when he's sort of back further in the crease and not confident stepping out and challenging. And I don't know that that's necessarily his game anyways or ever will be, but as whether it's the penalty kill, um, just overall more chances, you can you can sort of sow those seeds of doubt about whether I can confidently step into this lane because I trust everybody else is going to take care of everything else. And again, that's not an excuse. Like that's There are pucks that have to be stopped, but I'm just trying to add that context of how – even the ones that don't go in when the environment worsens to that degree, you can start to second guess things. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the, the environment is definitely not where they want it to be. Um, you know, penalty it, kill for it's human sure. nature. Yeah. yeah. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, like when you go on a run like that, like def- defense is, is work rate, right? Like, and this is a team that has scored a ton of goals. We're seeing it in Vancouver right now too, Jason. Like it's, it's really hard to maintain over the course and grind of an 82 season. Now, I would think the fact they're still full value to catch the Canucks that top the Pacific Division, like that's still a realistic goal, and avoid Vegas in the first round would be enough motivation to sort of limit some of that slippage. But it's kind of inevitable. Every team's gone through it at different stretches. I just think the fact they were so bad at the beginning of the year has lost some of the margin for error to, you know, to have half of their last six games bleeding those types of chances. Yeah, no, they've given up way too many chances uh, for sure. Uh, you know, Skinner's got to be. Uh, better. Uh, I don't buy yeah. fatigue at all. I don't think fatigue's a factor. He's only made six starts in 25 games. I uh, 25 days, excuse me. So that's uh, that to me isn't a factor. They'll go with Pickard tomorrow. Skinner's going to go on Saturday, so not a real big surprise to me. They're going to split the uh, the home back to back games that they have. Uh, you mentioned Vancouver, and it's funny, man. Like that third period, 
Because it wasn't even 40 It was really the third period against Minnesota. That is something you just don't see. You know, we might, I don't know if we'll see seven goals in a period for, I'm trying to think what the last time that was. Like, it was mind-blowing uh, to watch. And I know they've lost three in a row, and now people are freaking out uh, a little bit in Vancouver. Now, it was DeSmith, and it wasn't uh, their starter, so that probably helps them a little bit. But what are you seeing as the... Um, that's lacking defensively? Because I agree with you, you can't do it all year long. It's virtually impossible, right? Um, you know, Yeah, it's, it, the fact that it's their first three-game regulation, like, it's their first three-game losing streak of the season, and even before that, like, before the third one against Colorado, like, it was the first time they'd lost in regulation, and, like, back-to-back in, tw- in, like, three months. Like, you know, for a team that was supposed to fight and grind for the playoffs, it's been remarkable, but I agree. Now that said, there are some some signs of slippage, and, hey, like, I was on the air here in Vancouver. I have a couple spots I do every week. And they asked me yesterday, like, can you give up eight goals in a game and, and sort of not suck for lack of a better term was how the question was phrased. And I, and I, I wasn't really sure how to sort of, like it was such an anomaly, like not just the, all the goals in the third period, Jason, but like when was the last time you saw four or five on threes in the same game? Like you just, doesn't happen. And so I looked at the numbers. Casey DeSmith gives up eight goals. Two of them obviously were, were empty nets. Four on the power play. Um, do you know he didn't give up a bad goal in the bunch? At least statistically. Now, seven of eight high-danger chances went in, and that's never good. But you expect it, like I said, you expect to make tough saves. That's part of the job, just as you were saying about Skinner. Um, but uh, I – like to give up that many and not have a single one of them be what we would call a low percentage or quote unquote bad goal was remarkable to me. I think you take that night and you sort of throw it out. What's a little more concerning. And you've probably heard this about Edmonton during the streak, right? Everybody wants to point on the quality of competition when they were winning all those games. Well, Vancouver's had an easy schedule. They've now got one of the toughest in the NHL down the stretch, at least in terms of opponents, strength of schedule, and winning. Mm -hmm. And these are tests that they haven't had to pass before. So in crucial clutch moments in a 2-2 game against the Winnipeg Jets, how do you handle pressure? Well, they didn't handle it very well. They chased a couple of hits, they got out of position, and they gave up rush chances that led to tapping goals against Thatcher Demko, something they haven't done all season. Minnesota, write it off as just a weird anomaly on an early start to kick off a road trip east. But then Colorado, like they're full value five on five. They're right there with the Avs for two periods. It's 3-1 with an empty netter. What's killing them right now, Jason, is their, is their special teams. Penalty kill without Carson Soucy uh, has got leakier and leakier. Now they're missing Dakota Joshua, sort of one of their first forwards out. Uh, and obviously, anytime you talk about a penalty kill, it's the first group out that has to usually bear the brunt of it. Because if you don't win that first draw, you get pinned in your own end for a long time. So he's been quietly a big part of that. No Susie, no Joshua. Joshua, a big part of the third line that, you know, probably outside of Vancouver doesn't get talked about it. But inside of Vancouver, you can make the argument it's one of the better third lines in the league with Connor Garland and Teddy Bluger. They've been having a ton of success. Now that's gone. Uh, and the power play, this is the one that maybe is the most surprising. The power play is in the tank. And given the personnel, that's a bit of a head-scratcher. You've changed the personnel. You've added Elias Lindholm. I don't know that they found a good fit for him. The things that he does well or that where they're placing him on the power play kind of take other guys out of their strengths. Um, they had him sort of on the left flank. That's where JT Miller was, even though that's the off wing for Miller as a left shot. 
but he was so good coming downhill and creating off that, and they've sort of removed that. Tonight, they're going to take Lindholm off it and put Philip Peronik out, so they've got a hammer there for a one-timer, but again, the sort of movement that we saw out of this power player in the season and, and how much of it was created off JT catching a puck, much like McDavid does, drift up high in the zone, skate downhill, catch a puck, either score off a shot because he works so well with Besser on the screen or move it laterally for opportunities for Hughes or Pedersen, like that's gone. And the power play, not just percentage-wise, Jason, but in key moments in big games where they're going to need that power play to come through, uh, against the Abs in a 2-1 game in the third period, they got a chance late. They managed one low-danger shot and never really pressured Colorado. So those are you know, a bunch of little things. The biggest one to me, though, with special teams right now is killing them. Yeah, no, uh, that's totally fair. Now, we are 15 days away from the NHL trade deadline. Ooh. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Minnesota, you know what? They're getting close. They're right back in the hunt for the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to be moved. I'm not even sure he wants to be moved. So let's just remove him yeah. and say he's not available. Um, I, there's Elvis Merzlikens who said he wants a trade, but he has a pretty big contract and many years left. Uh, you've, yeah. you've got Montreal who has three goalies. We all know Jake Allen's the guy who they would like to trade. Um, do you see any other goalies that w- would be sought after? And what do you make of Jake Allen's numbers compared to the other guys in Montreal? They're kind of all similar this season. Like, there's not a huge discrepancy uh, amongst that group. Jake's, you know, Jake's have been a little lower for long stretches, and and I think you know, they've kind of all hovered at different points around expected. Which, when you think about where that team is, um, you know, probably shouldn't be a shock. Like, literally, all three of their goalies hover between 47th and 54th in the National Hockey League in goals saved above expected. Like, they're all just slightly below. And part of that's a rotation. Like, a guy like Jake Allen, as much as he's used to being a 1B and even a backup, like, three-man rotation where you're playing even less, like, that's a little tougher to adjust to. I still think, like, to me, is he coming in, uh, hopping on a white horse, and carrying you to the Stanley Cup as a number one? I think that's a big ask. If you're getting Jake Allen, it's it's almost as an insurance policy, right? Like a backup who can give you quality minutes without having to start a ton, but probably you're not counting on him for heroics. Frankly, the only guy that sort of fits that bill in terms of you know bringing him in to save a season for a team that just can't get a save and, and needs more than steady, needs you know needs somebody to come in and stop bullets in their teeth. Like that's Jacob Markstrom. That to me, that's the big name. I don't know whether that comes to fruition because obviously Calgary's also hanging around that race and he's a massive part of that. He's actually the biggest part of it. Like last time I checked his lead in the goal saved above expected. And I'm just refreshing it as we speak right now. Okay. It's shrunk a little bit over his last couple of starts. It was a full, he was a full 10 goals better than Thatcher Demko. He's seven now. Hmm. Like we talk about Demko and Hellebuck in the, in the Vesna trophy race. They're at 18.19 and 17.95, respectively. Markstrom's over 25 goals saved above expected. And so he's so crucial to what the Flames are doing, and you see that every time they start another goaltender and what happens, poor Dustin Wolf. Um, still think he's going to be legit NHL goaltender, but throwing him in that environment, like that's, that's too big an ask. 
So they need him, but he's also the only guy where I can really look at the underlying numbers and say, man, like could this guy not just be a fit, but turn things around and make New Jersey not just a, a playoff contender, but potentially a cup contender. That's the level he's playing at this season. That's the guy to me. If that domino falls, that's the one that could actually impact how this season finishes for whatever team gets him, especially, again, the Kings, maybe not so much. They don't need that level of goaltending. But but the Devils, who are sort of, you know, in the sort of low 20s in most underlying defensive metrics, they need it. And they're not getting it on a consistent basis. And Mark from a guy who's delivered at a level that's better than anyone in the league today. Yeah, it's you know, I heard New Jersey was interested in him. And um, you, you, when you listen to your numbers, if, if I'm the Devils and I feel I can be a playoff team and he's got term, Whatever That's Calgary's whatever Calgary's asking, wouldn't you'd have to consider it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, and I know Soros is out there, and he's got another year left on his deal at only five, so you're you're saving a little bit next year. But he's below expected right now. He's kind of hovered around those Jake yeah. Allen numbers. Yeah, I he hasn't right? played he's great. Not having, I think he's a great goalie. I just think he's not having a great season now. Does this mean I trust Markstrom to have two more great seasons after this? Uh-huh. He's been a bit of a yo-yo, like Craig yes. Anderson late in his career, one good, one bad. But you've got him at six. Like, you're getting him for this playoff run, maybe save your season, and then you've got him at six for the next two. Whereas UC Saros, you get him for one more at five, but you've got to make a decision because reportedly the ask is Sorokin money, eight and a quarter, right? And so are you willing to invest? You know, like it's, yeah, you get him for one more year, but then you either got to decide, like, we're paying up. And if I'm New Jersey especially, like, and I, you know, like, I, I believe Schmidt has a lot of upside. He just hasn't had a chance to necessarily – sort of breathe and learn the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make the same case of Dawes. Give them a little more time. Give them a mentor in Markstrom, um, someone they can look up to over the next couple of years. Let them breathe a little bit and refine their games while having a guy who, you know, talk to Thatcher Demko about the impact Markstrom had on him early in his career. Oh, it was yeah. all positive. Yeah, no, that's fair. Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine, NHL.com. Joins us. Uh, one last one for you, Kev. Yeah. So, because uh, we, we've had this question, a lot of people wonder because you have Skinner and you have Pickard. Do you, are you a big believer in strength in numbers? Um, could you know Vegas had five goalies and Aiden Hill, who at one point was like the number four, ended up being their guy in the playoffs, and maybe no one expected. If you were Edmonton, would you focus elsewhere and just say, "Hey, between Skinner, Pickard, Campbell, and Rodriguez, we think somebody can play well," or is that too risky? That's a tough one. You know what? I, you know what? The answer I I don't have, and I suspect they know it. Obviously, a lot better than I do because they're watching the games in the American Hockey League. And I apologize, but I just don't haven't found the time for that. Yeah, they have, probably have a better feel of just how much of an option Jack is, right? And that that's an important part of this equation because you might end up going three D, right? Like if something happens, heaven forbid, knock on wood. But this is the reality of today's NHL and, and, and goalie health. Something happens to Stuart Skinner. Um, does Jack Campbell give you a better option, you know, over long term than than Calvin Pickard? And so if they feel confident that he can come up, because don't forget, when they sent Jack down, his adjusted numbers were actually slightly better. Well, not even slightly. were significantly better than Stuart Skinner's. Yep. And Jack hasn't had a chance to play. He only got the team that was 32nd in the league off the rush defensively. He hasn't played behind the team that's first. And he's a guy that processes the game pretty well. And so, you know, if if you believe you have that option in the minors, you're fine. Okay. But if you have doubts about it, that's that's where 
that's where the questions lie. And, you know, they have better answers than I do. But if, if you do have doubts, then, you know, uh, given the volatility of the position, given the nature of injuries and how long a run it can be and the travel involved in the playoffs, you might want to add an insurance policy if you don't believe in what you have in the number three hole down there. But uh, like outside of a Markstrom, you know, Jake Allen is going to cost you. You know, he's got a cap hit even at one point seven five next year. Like it's, yeah, is it worth it? Right? Like is bringing in Jake Allen that much better in your eyes than Jack Campbell? That's a that's a really good question. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, and I really, I honestly don't have the answer to that one, Jason. Like, I don't want to blow smoke here. Like again, there were like a month and a half ago when I talked to some goalie coaches that watched Jack in the American league, you know, there was, they were not excited about the possibilities of him going back up, but it sounds like there's been improvement since then even. So uh, at the end of the day, there is more recent track record in the NHL for for Jake than Jack. But the numbers here, like even Jack's last year, like the numbers that Jake produces, there's just more consistency there. He's okay. consistently going to give you NHL average goaltending. Mm-hmm. Jack at his best was about 1% above that. At his worst, he was obviously way below that. That's the only thing you get out of Allen you don't get out of Campbell is you get a, m- a more consistent baseline but I would argue the upside's probably the same when both are playing at their games, and only the Oilers, with the work they're doing with Jack on a regular basis in the, in the minor leagues, can tell you for sure whether they believe they can still get the best out of this guy in the National Hockey League level. Great stuff, Kev. We appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll be talking to you often before the trade deadline. Thanks for your time. Thanks. There you go. That's uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine and NHL.com. Let's get to a quick break. We'll come back. We've got five questions and more of the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on a lovely Thursday. How are you? Gregor, Connor Howling. Do you PlayAlberta.ca, uh, your place to get in the game tonight? Ooh, how about the uh, Florida Panthers as, a, as an underdog on the road? 
Ooh, now they're in Carolina. But ooh, if you like a, a good underdog, check it out. PlayAlberta.ca. Also, if uh, there was a game I was, you know me, I, geez, I've kind of been shying away from it because lately there hasn't been as many goals, but I love the overs in the uh, Colorado game tonight. Now that I said it probably won't be, but it smells like an over to me for sure. For sure. Abs and the wings, the wings give up a lot, so I'd like to see it. Full slate of games tonight, actually. Uh, 11 games on the NHL docket tonight. Uh, games that impact the orders. The Maple Leafs are in Vegas. Uh, Vegas loses. The orders are two back with uh, four games in hand. If they uh, win, there's four back with uh, games in hand. Uh, also, Vancouver in Seattle. Will the Canucks losing streak go to four? We'll see. And also the uh, Kings, who have uh, seen, hey, they've uh, regained their five and one now since the coaching change and have uh, pulled within. I'll say this if you look at the standings, suddenly in the Pacific Division, it looked a few weeks ago like a lock, Edmonton, Vegas. Not anymore. Edmonton could play LA. Edmonton could play Vegas. Vegas could play LA. See what happens. Let's get to five questions, though, brought to you by The Brick, where uh, financing is available. You can see uh, in-store online at thebrick.com. For details, whether you want furniture, mattresses, appliances, big screen TVs, they got it all at The Brick and thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Gregor, question number one. Is there a solution for the Edmonton Oilers' second period woes that you can think of? Well, yeah, it's just simple focus, attention to detail. Um, a lot of people thought when they went down 4-1 to one to Boston last night that they just, oh, you can't keep coming back from teams, but they proved them wrong. But eventually, I, I understand the theory, and I think it's it's true, but, you know, the Oilers can score. So, you know, they can always get back in games, even against good teams. But eventually, and look, they didn't win the game. They came back, they got a point, but they didn't win. So last night's still an example. They can't continue to do it. So to me, it's just it's just a focus, really, on being more attentive to detail and, and being a, as hungry in the second as you are in the third. Yeah, I'll eat some crow here. I tweeted it out. You might as well go to bed. This one's over. 4-1. They came back, and my mentions blew up. So, yeah, I got to eat some crow on that one, Gregor. I, I think you're right, though. Just... Being a little bit more ready, hopefully getting that save to start the second period, maybe that would have changed things. Uh, just the attention to details. Fix that, and it should be able to correct itself. But I do think they got to stop putting themselves in that position. Uh, question number two, Craig Button, forest friend of the show, released his top 50 NHL-affiliated prospects. The Oilers have none on the list. Which Oilers prospect, in your opinion, though, do you think you have the highest hopes for? Well, to me, it's still Philip Broberg. Right? I don't... Uh, um I don't see uh, any reason why not right now. Now, if you look at the age of uh, these, you know, a lot of these are 19, you know, 20 year olds. Right. So um, uh, would there be some and and this is just a guess, right? Like we're all guessing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not I, I think Philip Broberg could easily like there. there's some guys in this list that aren't going to pan out to be as good in the NHL as people think. It's It's just the reality of the projections of young players. Cause lots of these guys are eight, 19, right? There's a few 18 year olds on there. So it's still not uh, for sure. And we'll have Craig on tomorrow to talk about it. But, um, uh, Philip Broberg to me is the order's best prospect currently on the American league team. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you for sure. I guess if there's one guy I am looking out for, maybe Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, we've seen the progression from him the last couple of years. I think he was, what, second or third goalie taken in his draft class, second round, uh, last pick. So he'd be someone I'm watching out for. You've seen the improvement through him uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I'll throw him on the list as someone to watch out for as well and hope it works out. Uh, question number three for you. In honor of the 44 anniversary or 44 year anniversary of the Miracle on Ice men's Olympic hockey team, is there a favorite upset that you have of all time? You go first. Yeah, for me, it's uh, Appalachian State beating Michigan back in 2003. Yeah. Uh, nothing against Michigan, uh, but uh, just the way it all played out, the block kick at the end there, and, and the player rumbling downfield, it got tackled by the kicker. Like, that's how it was. It was a Div 2 team in Appalachian State, and it was absolutely awesome. So I'll, I'll have that as my number one. Um, the New York Giants over the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> In uh, 2008, the uh, pass were going for the perfect season. You had the Giants who had, uh, you know, an average season and kind of like most of it, Eli Manning's career average, <laughs> but uh, they got it done at the right time. Uh, you know, one of the most um, memorable and very difficult to repeat catches. I think that's ser- safe to say. And it led to it. So I would go with the Giants over the Patriots. David Tyree. Yeah, that, that I was a very happy person that Sunday afternoon when that happened. A question number four for you. On Saturday, it'll be the 22-year anniversary of Canada's gold at Salt Lake. Uh, the NHL players getting back into it. Always going to remember Mario Lemieux. Let him to go right through his legs. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Hockey Canada memory? Hmm. Yeah, it's, I guess it kind of goes with the psychology of when you're younger. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, 87 Canada Cup, Canada versus Russia, three games, six, five, back and forth. It was, uh, it was electric hockey. Uh, you know, the Russians were good. Canada was very good. I will go with the 87 Canada Cup. I'm going to go back to 2014 Sochi. Canada taking on Sweden in the gold medal game just because they were open up, you know, establishments a little bit early that day. I think they had permission to serve booze at a certain time. Not going to ever forget the row of coffees with the shot glasses of Bailey's and they waited for the clock to hit five or whatever. And the bartender just pouring the Bailey's in, dispersing them amongst the crowd. Canada won gold. I think we sent a record for being drunk at the earliest time of day and uh, having that nap around noon. So Canada winning 3 nothing over Sweden 2014. That was a lot of fun. And we'll just keep that going. In, uh, in honor of National Margarita Day, if you're having a nice mixed beverage, let's say you're uh, sitting out on the patio overlooking a lake. I'm going to set the scene for you. Gregor, what's the mixed drink of choice? So no beer. No beer? I'm at a lake? Yeah, you're at a lake. Maybe a, a beach. Let's say that. Okay. A body of water. Ooh. So I'm, I've got to make it all day? No, no, you can be served. Oh, I get served. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, now that changes it a lot because now if you, if you want it to be a little bit, uh, classier or high maintenance, then you can do it. Uh, cause otherwise I would have just said, uh, gin, half sauna, uh, half, uh, tonic, half soda. Perfect. Easy, simple. But if I'm having a, a good mixed drink, um, I really like a good, strong uh, lime margarita. Um, if I'm on a beach, I'm a big fan. So I probably would, uh, I think I might lean towards that one. Although I would say uh, I also have really gotten into old fashions lately. And, uh, you know, as long as I got the big ice cube, it's a good sipper. Not really a mix, though. It's kind of just one, though. So it probably wouldn't qualify. Would it be good out on a beach? 
Not as good anywhere. <laughs> like, I like it. I like right? it. I'm sitting there I'm reading a book <laughs> if I'm on the beach, right? I'm relaxing. I'm reading a book. I'm in the shade. I got it there. It's got the big ice cube, so it's not going to melt as fast. Yeah. The only problem with the lime margarita is I drink it too fast. It's the only... I, now, some would say it's not a problem, but it becomes a problem. So, you? Yeah, I'll probably go with the uh, Moscow Mule. In that really? Glass. Yeah, I'm a big fan of ginger. Oh, God. So a little, little uh, spearmint in there as well. The mint uh, with the lime. Don't put the lime in. Just get the juices in there. Yeah, you don't like them? No, I don't really oh, like the oh. mules. No, I don't like the ginger beer. Our buddy Horbs I used to bring it all the time on the golf trip. I'm like, what is this stuff? Like, no, I don't, uh, I don't really like it. If you don't like ginger beer, no chance you're going to like a mule. Or yeah. like the rendition. I've seen like, you know, tequila mules and stuff. Uh, not for me. Oh, tequila mules. Yeah, lots of spins on it. I will say Livingston, um, you know what? He really likes his good tequilas. And he bought me one for my uh, birthday last year. And I I have to say, it's really opened up my eyes. I've become much more of a fan of like good tequila that you can just sip on. And like, I don't, I don't, like these aren't, you know, if you're younger and you're partying, you're like, what are you guys talking about? I totally agree. This is, I'm not party days. These are just like, you know, if you're at a house party and I'm like, you know, I want a few good drinks. You know, I'm not, I'm not drinking to the point of being absolutely buckled. Like I still like to turn it up once or twice a year, maybe, but for the most part, I just, I like to enjoy the taste. I don't really, I can't drink wine. It doesn't, you know, I just, if I have more like more than one glass, I feel like doggy dung the next day. So don't really like it, but I like a good mixed drink now or different ones like that. And it's just straight on the rocks, man. Some of those tequilas, like the, uh, what was it? It's Juan something, man. I got, I got the bottle at home. It's like 007. God, it's good. No, so not the Cuervo. Uh, no, 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 the Jose Cuervo. Like, remember when? Now, somebody out there, I know there's somebody out there right now who has done this in the old tequila bottles, and they had the worm at the bottom, and people would eat the worm. I never did it. I'm going to openly admit, probably didn't have the courage to do it. I know some of you did. I'm always curious: was it as potent as the myth claimed, or is it a myth? Did it live up to the legend? Did you ever eat the worm, Connor? No, no. Yeah. I I didn't see it too often because, yeah. you know, we were buying like the, the Cuervo or yeah. really splurging the Patron. Didn't have the worm in it. No, I don't think they do anymore. No. I, but they used to have them all the time. And somebody out there to, of a certain vintage will have tried it. Let me know how it was. 833-401-1440. Let's get to the uh, con man. And a sports 1440 update brought to you by uh, Booster Juice. And, uh, hey, they continue to... Uh, Say thank you for being you the entire month of February where it's a different name every day. And if today, if your name is Rochelle, would Rachel work? But it's Rochelle and Rick, the R's, Rick and Rochelle. Stop in a Booster Juice and you will get to your uh, free drink. Now, download the Booster Rewards app. Find out if you're next. That's Booster Juice.